Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee, and today I'm here in uh, Canton, Massachusetts, speaking with Sue Dooley, Senior Vice President of Global Marketing, and John Dehar, Senior Vice President of Product Development for the Rockport Group. The 45-year-old company was sold in August of 2015 by the Adidas Group for a reported $280 million to the investment unit of New Balance and Boston private equity firm Berkshire Partners. In the acquisition, Rockport combined with Dry Dock Footwear, which consists of the Cobb Hill, Aravon, and Dunham brands, to form the Rockport Group. Still housed, as I said, on the Adidas Group campus here in Canton, Mass., the Rockport Group is slated to move into a new corporate home in Newton, Massachusetts, under CEO Bob Infantino later in 2016. Good morning, Sue and John, and uh, let's get started. Let's first talk about the evolution of the Rockport brand. Now it's with its third owner during its history. And maybe you both could tell me how it, does it plan to be different than under prior ownership groups? And a more, a more negative question, what's plagued the business in recent years? I mean, how is it moving beyond that to, I guess, start a new tone for the brand? Generally speaking, the Rockport brand kind of lost its way under the ownership of Reebok and subsequently Adidas. Um, as you can imagine, it was sort of uh, in, the, in the, uh, the shadows of these athletic giants. So it was... It was a nice to have in their corporate portfolio, but it wasn't a priority. What we aim to do here is make it a priority again. And with that, because Bob has a history, Bob Infantino has a history of working with Rockport, as I'm sure you know, having been his, uh, their uh, senior vice president of product and marketing back in the day, Bob's very much looking forward to bringing that essence back to the brand and back to our corporate culture. Uh, is it going to take a period of time, do you think, I mean, back to where you want to be? Well, it certainly will. I mean, the priority um, was product, obviously, first and foremost. And when the company was um, pulled together back in August, we then had an opportunity to impact Fall 16. So the launch of our Fall 16 product will represent what this brand really means going forward. Yeah, John? Well, you said what plagued this company in recent years. I think, you know, under athletic ownership, I think uh, that was part of it. You know, there's uh, certain certain athletic attributes uh, that were applied to the brown shoe business. And it really shouldn't be. Brown shoe is a different, building brown shoes is a different skill set. And really, to mix both of them together, really came out with a product that wasn't premier. Okay. So I think taking it back to a brown shoe sensibilities is going to make a big difference. So. I also think beyond product, just culturally, you know, as you can imagine, the, the, the team at Rockport was, as I said, in the shadows of, of Reebok and Adidas, and now as a standalone company, we really expect the, uh, the full team here to emerge and all of their strengths and all of their aspirations will come to fruition as we are a standalone company that's very proud of exactly what we do. Oh, good. Actually, people who maybe were loyal Rockport customers maybe lost track of the brand over a period of time that they'll they don't you know that they'll come back to the brand when they see it more visible at retail and uh... yeah, and we hope to bring back some customers that we may have lost along the way, but more importantly, we we hope to attract new customers. Okay. So actually, so I asked about the you mentioned Mr. Infantino. I asked you know what's being changed about the current ownership. Uh, what does that mean for the brand, the business? I mean, you report to a different owner set. I mean, is that pretty much it? No, it, actually, there's a lot of changes that are uh, well, can that come with this. Can you talk just address a few of them? What, sure. What's going to change? Uh, John, you want to? Sure. Well, for one thing, product. Bob Bob is a product guy. Okay. And you know, every great company starts with product, and and he's very very involved in, in all the product that we build, and he has a certain vision, and you know, together we. We will build that product that, that fits that vision. Well, there are legions of older males and women to a lesser extent that have known and bought the Rockport brand for years. 
And I, you know, I wondered, you mentioned it a minute ago, so will you build products for that set going forward? And how, is it, how important is it for Rockport to reach the millennials, today's younger consumers, who obviously have less familiarity with the brand? Yes, absolutely. We'll be building product for that existing core consumer on the Rockport men's side and also a small consumer base that we have with Rockport women. But more importantly, expanding the brand with a wider product assortment. And that product assortment will include product that would appeal to millennials, not that we're specifically designing for them, but the appeal is there because we'll be, you know, tapping into the authenticity of our brand. Uh, Rockport product was the first product, you know, back in 1971 to infuse athletic technology into a casual shoe. So that authenticity, that that heritage play is very important in the world of millennial consumers who have been bombarded with a lot of artificial product, artificial marketing throughout the years, and we're just saying, hey, we're the real deal. Well, you know, when Rockport was started, they really had groundbreaking technology and footwear. And uh, that's very important, and to bring that, that spirit back into this company is, is critical. Not that we can go back 45 years and do the same technology. That, that's over. There's new technologies out there. But it was the spirit of the company that were, was able to introduce you know, the groundbreaking technology into, into footwear, and we want to bring that back. Okay, and actually, one, my final question on that number was just wondering if there's going to be any synergy with New Balance. Do you have to have, even though their investment arm is one of your owners, do you have to have any synergy with their brand, or maybe it's not necessary? Or Actually, we, we, we are not going to have synergy. Yeah. Consumer awareness that there is a connection. Well, they won't. Okay. Um, but just talk about the women's again for a second. You know, I, I know when I look back at my notes and uh, research on the company, there's been some stops and starts with Rockport and the women's collections over the years. Just want to know how important it is to reach women today. And if you'll take a different approach to it than maybe in the past it was tried. Well, I'll let John answer from a product development perspective, okay. and I can talk a little bit more about okay, the marketing sure. angle. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, from a product part, Bob, um, there was a lot of, of different visions for what the woman's product should be in Rockport in the last few years. Fortunately, the time we arrived, they, they had created this new technology called Total Motion. It's a fabulous technology, and we were we were proud to be able to acquire that technology and expand on it. So I, I think the seeds are there, but also on the other end, you know, we've come from the dry dock company and we, we, we brought a new brand to the marketplace that was extremely successful within the short five years it lived. And that's going to be a, a collection all, also of rock point. So between total motion technology, Cobb Hill collection, and to reintroduce Pro Walkers, which is, which is a critical part of Rockport's heritage, in again, a new and innovative way is going to be a, a, a another pillar of, of the Rockford Women's brand. So between Total Motion, Cobb Hill, and Pro Walkers, it's, we think it's going to be a very powerful. In the last few years, you know, it was, it was mostly turned into a dress shoe company oh, for women's. And you know, the women's wasn't quite related to the men's side of the business either. They were like two different Nothing. customers. And uh, so it's our intention to bring those pieces together. And Pro Walker will be a major, major part, again, because we really see this, this generation, a very active generation but in a new spirited way. And no one wants to look at old classic walking shoes again. Is we have to reinvent those right. for, for the future. And I know that in the past, uh, there was a leadership senior management here at Rockwell that ran a marathon in a pair of your shoes, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. Is that something that you'd want to do again to face consumer, or is not necessary? You know, from a, from a uh, marketing perspective, no, not, not necessarily. It's something that we will we'll be doing. But it's interesting, when we, we I say we because I, John and I were both part of the dry, uh, the dry dock footwork group. So we were sort of 
part of the people that bought Rockport. And one of the first things that we did when we got here is to take a closer look at the consumer. So we did uh, consumer research to really understand who the male consumer was, who the female consumer was, how to bridge these two, what segments we need to reach, we need to design for, and how to speak to those segments. So from a macro perspective, it's interesting, today's consumer across the board is all about you know healthy lifestyles. It's a big macro trend. I mean, people are wearing Fitbits. They're measuring their steps. It's all a part part of our daily lives now. So we want to make sure that we have footwear that works for all of those occasions. You know, every day when you get out of bed, whatever you're wearing, it's going to be comfortable and you can walk. So running a marathon is not necessarily something we have to do. We just need to make sure we're making footwear that can work for any any occasions and you're walking comfortably. Rockport's biggest competitors. Obviously, back in the day, Timberland was owned by a family. Now it's owned by a large corporation. And uh, so I just wanted to see, you know, Clarks is obviously, I guess, the oldest brown shoe company, I think, in the world. Mm -hmm. Are those two primary competitors? Are there others? No, those would be two key competitors, but we also look at unique competitors to different product collections that we have. Because obviously, Clarks and Timberland go toe-to-toe -to -toe with us on the consumer side. Well, you know, I, I think it, Rockport has a special advantage because you know a lot of other a lot of other shoe brands out there their name is associated with a certain look we actually have the license to play in a lot of different categories of footwear you know maybe in our casual side there's this this you know competition from the Clarks over Timberland but you know we do so many other things besides that our dress shoe program men's dress shoes will compete against some of the best dress shoes out there like a Cole Haan or, or J&M uh, this total motion collection it's a total white space in the marketplace it's, you know, there's, there's brands like Potter Rouge and Terry Robarton that are doing shoes like this at $300, $400. But we found this white space at about 130 to 150 mm -hmm. that we want to bring the same looks, the same feel, the same comfort to the dress shoe business, which is totally lacking out there at that price point. Uh, so we think that's a, that's a clear advantage for us. And let's talk a little bit about, uh, for a minute, about Rockport's own retail presence. You know, where is that today? You know, full price versus outlet, and are you going to sell your own brand and own stores going forward, along with the other groups' brands that you have? We mentioned sure. Cobb Hill, Aramon. Um, so right now we have 25 full stores in North America, and we don't anticipate significant growth in that arena. You know, at best, a couple of stores every year, but basically those would provide uh, a showcase opportunity for the Rockport brand. Um, on the factory outlet side, we have 52 factory outlet stores in North America. We will grow that a little bit more substantially than the full price, but again, maybe you know 10 to 12 per year across North America. Um, in the factory outlet stores, we will be selling Rockport as well as Aravon and Dunham. Just to clarify, Cobb Hill is a collection within Rockport, so uh, hopefully we won't have too many Cobb Hill products in that factory outlet store. And is Cobb Hill uh, primarily just women? It is just women, yes. It sort of rec represents the, uh, the casual comfort uh, sort of bohemian side of the women's Rockport brand, whereas Total Motion represents more of the dress product, then the core Rockport brand fills in all the okay. other gaps in the product line. The end of independent channel of our business, we look at it and we, we take very special care of. We, we think those are the, the pioneers that you know, start a brand, create a brand, and make makes a brand powerful. So there's no way we want to compete against the independents. You know, they have a lot of struggles as, as it is in this marketplace. Okay. And that's what we want to protect. But that'll be a key distribution hill for your brand, you hope, obviously. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely.
and how segmenting the brand so that you'll have certain uh, collections or styles for like the, the large lifestyle center brand, uh, retailers such as you know DSW or Famous Footwear. Yeah, in today's world, you know, we have to build product for different channels. Right. And we want to be very clear that the products don't uh, interrupt another channel of business. Uh, so yes, we will build different collections okay. at different Make, makes sense. Yeah. And that was a key thing that, that's the, the stake we put in the ground when we bought the company, is that uh, we were developing a product engine under John's leadership to really create different business units for different product categories so that we could look at the various price points and how they would work within each channel and not cannibalize one another. So that'll allow us to grow the brand in a way that protects the brand in various channels and protects so, our So will the SKU base out of, out of the zoo ownership be much larger than it was under Nita's ownership? I think so. Actually, I know so, because uh, <laughs> we've created a brand already, and, and right. we will just just to be able to protect the marketplace and its 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 personalized channels. And oh, just one last thing about the, uh, the the competing brands. Do you see Rockport competing against I mean, some of the outdoor brands that have now gotten into footwear? Any competition there, like Columbia and the other ones getting into brown shoes? Uh, well, it's more outdoorsy. But. Well, you know, if you go back to Rockport's heritage, the XCS collection was the outdoor collection well, in Rockport. Over the years, it, it, it's diminished in, in presence, Okay. but uh, our big initiative for Fall 17 will be reintroducing XES to the marketplace, uh -huh. and it's really an outdoor lifestyle collection. And I just want, I think, I have two last questions here. First, have you talked about some of the other brands, if you could explain, uh, do they share the same design and product development teams, and how they, their brand positioning and pricing strategy, how they interlock with the Rockport brand? Well, back to Sue's mention of our business units. When we came to Rockport, there was a, a men's division, a women's division. Right. Now there are, are five different product uh, silos working under my leadership. Okay. And each one specializes in its own collection and own segment of the marketplace. So uh, we've probably quadrupled the size of the product machine here. And again, because that goes back to you know Bob being a product guy like as he is, and really you to build a great company, you need to have great product and the right product. Finally, I just want to ask today, in a few months, I guess Rockford Group will have a new corporate home in Newton, Mass. And yes. We'll be renting here at the Adidas or Reebok campus. So, can you tell us just a little bit about it? How big will it be? And who's going to be employed there? Is it going to be design and development and sales? Everyone? Everybody will be there. Okay. Um, it's a 70,000 square foot building that we'll take full occupancy of. Uh, we'll have 160 employees there. And, you know, everything from soup to nuts will be there. Again, because we are bec we are becoming a standalone company. This, I mean, this takes a while. Uh, you know, uh, the Dry Dock Group was part of, of New Balance. Rockport was part of Adidas. It's going to take, you know, 18 months plus to peel away from those two parent companies, so to speak. So that's been a big initiative over the last six months and will continue to be a big initiative, is peeling away so that we have our own, you know, standalone ERP systems, HR, finance, legal, all the things that we both, both sides of the company re relied on their parent companies for, we have developed this all on our own to become a standalone company, which is why we look to about 160, uh, 160 plus employees in that new office. Timetable is the fall? Yeah, the, uh, they're breaking ground. Our architects and contractors are breaking ground. Uh, well, the, the building's already built, so not right. necessarily breaking, breaking ground, but uh, beginning the renovations in June. Oh, June. And okay. we'll probably go in. Uh, it's a busy time of year in the fall. We have, as I mentioned, new ERP systems going live then. Once that goes live, we'll be ready to move. Okay, good.
So probably uh, late October, early November. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you both for your insights today, Sue and John. And you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Fomio 4 Media. Uh, this is Bob McGee.